0: Hello and welcome to the 146th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackburn, and I'm an associate professor at Purdue University here in West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. Video games. And I am joined tonight by three of our Night Your Mamas Gamers regulars, as well as a special guest. And because we like to pretend we have manners around here, we'll start by introducing our guest uh, and asking him to tell a little bit about himself. All right. First, we have Tony Bushner. Hey, Tony, how you doing, darling?
1: Good, good. How are you? Who are you? Um, Well, uh, I'm a second year PhD here at Purdue University in the rhetoric and composition program. And uh, since we are talking about this tonight, um, I've been playing board games now for a little bit over a decade
2: cool wait you only just started playing board games a decade ago yeah you mean like fancy board games or in general board games
1: like fa- like like uh like modern okay. board games okay
3: yeah yeah
1: i mean like all like, right i just them, had to like monopoly and shoots and ladders your and all
3: that right i right. was like are you an alien <laughs> no no
1: i'm talking like modern board games
3: <laughs> okay
2: did you emerge from a cabbage Yes, but that's inconsequential
1: to this
3: conversation You can play board games if you came from a cabbage
0: That's true You can do all the things Alright, and I will go in the order that I see on my screen, next up Alex Lane, hey Alex, who are you?
3: Hi, I haven't been here in a while uh, but my name is Alex Lane I'm an assistant professor at Metropolitan State University and I play a lot of board games right now, I'm I have detached myself from some of the online hate of some of the digital games that I enjoyed and have really focused the last year on board games and in fact uh, created a prototype of a board game myself. I made it my own and and had it played at Glitch, a studio in Minnesota, uh, recently, and I'm really excited to talk about that, particularly with Tony later today. Oh boy. Nice. I'm pretty excited. I may start a Kickstarter and then get rich. That's how it works, right? <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, it. So, yeah, wasteland, wasteland. Is my, my Ooh, working, so. there we go. Cool. I know, right? One word. That's the thing. So yeah,
0: <laughs> that's me. All right. Next up, we have Alicia Carabinus. Hello, Alicia. Who are you, darling? I'm the hater. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that
2: um i am also a second year phd student in ret comp at purdue um but i'm not tony um so <laughs> i yeah know. <laughs> but i also have been playing modern board games for a long time in fact longer than tony even though tony's like our resident like Ooh. expert but i have is, this is my problem. this is my example this is my cred I have a uh, Settlers of Catan set that I've had for 17
3: years.
0: Wow. wow. Same set. Wow. That's impressive. Mm. It is.
3: Is it mint or is it really worn down?
0: It's
2: real worn down. <laughs> it's like, no, we've written all it's over better. some of the cards, you know, it's <laughs> terrible. Kids has been chewing on the edges of the board. Yeah, We have one card that's the Tainted Grain. And uh, anytime somebody draws the tainted grain, we we
0: mock them. Uh,
3: Oh,
0: mm -hmm. house rules. Yep. Nice. And last but definitely not least,
4: Bianca Batty. Hi. Hello. Yes, darling. I'm Bianca. I do not have as much cred as Alicia, but I aspire (laughs) to that. Uh, Who am I? What do I do? Oh, yes. Okay. So, wow, that was like an existential crisis. Right uh, I'm a third year PhD student at Purdue in literary studies, uh, unlike Tony and Alicia doing a different thing. Uh, and, uh, oh, I am using board games in my classroom this week, so that is a all thing right. that is relevant to this thing. So that's all I'm going to say about that right now. All right, back to you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, we'll get started
0: with our usual what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. And then we'll hop into our discussion of board games. And Tony, once again, because you are our guest, can you tell us what you've been playing lately?
1: um, Yeah, Uh, I just recently got Santorini, which is a uh, two to four player abstract game. Um, It recently got kickstarted. Uh, it started as this uh like fully abstract game that used like squares and circles uh, on a board and you'd like stack them. And uh with the Kickstarter version, uh or the post Kickstarter version, um it's now like fully themed so it has this beautiful um island setting and instead of just like regular blocks they're like parts of buildings. And so you're creating this series of towers, these beautiful towers, uh, as you play the game and uh it's it's uh, really really deep and complex super easy to teach and an absolute like beauty to look at it's I, I love
2: it you know this is one thing I always appreciate about talking about board games with Tony is he's super into the aesthetics yeah. of oh, yeah. board games. Mm-hmm. Oh, every yeah. time he talks about a game to me that I don't know he's like oh it's so beautiful <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's one of the things I love most about board games is the physicality of it, and uh, that, mm-hmm. the, that the, the aesthetics do uh, play a huge role in my enjoyment of these games.
5: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it, I think it I goes back to uh, my my interest in Go, which is deeply rooted in aesthetics. So,
0: nice. All right, Alex, Lane, what you playing, lady darling?
3: Oh, well, I haven't been on here forever, so I have about a billion different uh, board (laughs) games and things that I've been playing, Uh, but most recently I got a bunch for Christmas, because obviously it's my jam right now, so I've been playing Sea Visualizations, Civilizations, it's like a board game, Um, I basically have just kind of opened that and haven't uh, played a full game, because I can't, this sounds really pathetic can we just agree not to make fun of me too much? But like, my quest in life is to find a game you can play by yourself.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm several. with you. Mm-hmm. I, I,
3: I know of a few. I'll be interested to get your perspective on this later. But um, in fact, a student of mine, which I meant to, did I grab the bag? A student of mine uh, in my writing for video games class in the fall pitched a board game instead. And the entire idea was, look oh, uh, the entire idea was it was a game you play by yourself and he turned it in in this cool bag Whoa. i can show Whoa. you and he uh so he made all the cards himself uh here we go you can see oh cool of these different uh oh, it's a really interesting game uh, but the whole idea was it would completely stand up on its own uh but anyway neither here nor there so <laughs> i haven't actually gotten to play that one yet but i've opened it, it looks really cool uh the biggest hit in my board game group which is not a group of gamers at all uh is Codenames. which oh. have you guys played that before yes <laughs> have you tried Codenames with pictures
1: no That's a i new the, thing. the undercover or was it uh it's like undercover or deep cover something like that the naughty version that the cards against oh. humanity version i played that one but not the oh, picture interesting. One. yeah the picture um, one
3: I, I thought about getting it but my board game group loves code names so Codenames, code names if you haven't played it's like a uh, 10 by 10 or something grid and there's two people and there's there's neutral cards, blue cards, red cards and then an assassin card. If anybody guesses the assassin card you instantly die. Uh, but your goal is to, if you're the red team, you give clues to try and get the other people on your team to guess the red cards. And they'll be like, let's say water and the Olympics and uh a snowboard, and a puppy are like the four different ones you have to try and somehow relate together. So you could say like three sport, and you try to get them to guess the three words that have to do with sport. So uh, it's hard, but people like it, especially if they're not board gamers, but they're word people. Uh, Mm -hmm. Roll for the Galaxy, which is my current game of choice. Uh, I've been playing a ton. I got the... The three new ones I got for Christmas are Hounded, Nuts, and Oregon Trail board game.
1: Mm.
3: Uh, Oregon Trail board game has anybody played that?
1: the mm-hmm. The new card game Me. that they're selling at Target, right? That yeah. One? yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It's uh, it's alright. It's kind of interesting. It's really hard. Um, what were we gonna say?
1: <laughs> I've got I was I got opinions on that game. Um.
3: Yeah, I mean it, it. It's it's interesting. I played it with uh two my my mother and two nephews who were younger. And they actually enjoyed it. So, I mean, like, what else do you want from Morgan? You know, like, they kind of enjoyed it. They thought it was funny. Um, They really liked saving people with their items. So they thought that was cool. They could be the hero and save their grandma. Mm. Um, They thought that was great. Nuts is a really interesting game. Has anybody heard of that? Mm -hmm. It's, like, one of those games, you know, when you go to the game shop and they have all the $30 games up on the side, and then they have, like, the $10 ones that are kind of over in a different section. It's one Mm -hmm. of those. It's kind of fun. Hounded is one of my favorite games I've played in a long time. It's a chess style game where you're either the fox uh, trying to outwit uh, the hunting party or you're the hunting party and you control yourself, the hunter, and several dogs. And each dog does something different, just like a chess set. You can move diagonal one or you can move two, but it has to be in one direction, etc. And as you go, you flip over the cards underneath and they reveal different things, and the hunting party wins if they reveal the dawn, the noon, and the sunset card because that means you made it like through a whole day or whatever. Um, and the fox wins if you uh, uncover three quarter, or the whole, the whole board except for six tiles or something like that. Um, and I would say by far that's that's my favorite game. It's like twelve bucks. It's really really fun. And exploding kittens, which I will not talk about. Um, except I will say that uh, next Tuesday, uh, the people who made Exploding Kittens, the guy from the Oatmeal, and uh, I don't remember their names, but they are playtesting their new game at Metro State. Oh, uh, which is uh, Bears versus Babies. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. on Kickstarter, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're playtesting it here uh, next week, and I have to teach during it, but I might bring my class. It's a that sounds like a plan. class in international technical communication. So I don't know if I can fit it in, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. That's, what, that's what I've been
0: playing. Some, they have some, to technically talk to about me. the game while they play test,
1: sure. or look at the
0: manuals. I was gonna say, yeah, they can they can look at right manual they writing, can white paper is, writing. Is,
3: yeah, they, is this translated into other languages?
0: Like the real answer is
2: just the teacher wants to. <laughs> I think
3: they would go with it. I think they would go with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and then my game, I've been play testing a lot and mm-hmm. trying to get more. Uh, honed in on wasteland is my game here's a sample card i drew a huge one.
5: So you can
3: see it's a uh so i'll explain it briefly i know i've been talking for a long time i'm sorry uh it is a monopoly magic the gathering game where you go around a board and so for example here's one of the board pieces like this is the toxic land and you can put down different animals or whatever to try and defend that territory, and then you can level it up. And then if people land on it, they have, they can fight you or pay the toll, uh, or they can fight you with one of their characters. For example, this is an ice wall, as you see, which is 100 defense and zero offense. Uh, right. uh, defense and is zero. it 700 feet high? Yeah, it's really high. Look at my little trees on the bottom. I thought that was particularly artsy. <laughs> uh, but the idea is, you see, so you have these board games, and then you can collect different cards and make different decks, just like Magic, where you put together a deck of fifty cards or twenty cards or whatever, and uh, and then play around the Monopoly game, like a Monopoly board type thing. So yeah,
1: oh,
3: cool. I know. I think you like it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, the the combination of mechanics there is really interesting. I can't wait to hear more about it. Uh,
3: we'll talk more about it. All right.
2: Cool. Alicia, what about you? What are you playing, darling? Uh, many, many are the things that I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on the board game tip, my son has recently gotten super into board games. He has decided that board games are the greatest thing in the universe. In fact, he just had his oh. birthday. Tony got him a game gift. For his birthday because we're we're very big on, on training him into a proper nerd.
5: Mm.
2: Um, he got important. Uh, yeah, he bought him um, an Adventure Time themed love letter. You know the card oh. game love letter. Oh, and the cards are beautiful, and it was really fun. Like we had a good time playing that. Uh, he's also recently he's gotten um, King of Tokyo and Exploding Kittens and Sushi Go, and so oh. yeah, we've been, sushi go. we've been playing. We've been playing all fast. those. And then as part of our homeschooling stuff, we've been playing some Jenga because we've been doing building stuff. So it's a, it's a nice way for us to talk, to about structures and balance and, and all the things that are really important in that sense. Um, so I've actually been playing a lot of board games lately, but I've been playing a lot of uh, video games, too. I mean, Hearthstone. Alicia, did
3: you play uh, Joking Hazard? We got that. Added.
2: Oh, that no, wonderful. I haven't.
3: It's incredible, but it reminds me of, like, a actually good Cards Against Humanity. So I Precisely. think you would really love
2: it. Okay, you know I like Cards Against Humanity. I know Everybody you love hates it, but, on it, I but I like, like
3: it. Take that love and multiply it by like a thousand because this okay. game is incredible and just as dirty, but not as offensive. I'd say, unless mm-hmm. oh. people you play the hotel. It doesn't
1: seem to last as long either as Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, that's, tends I know to. that's
2: your beef with it is that it lasts forever. I'd che- I would certainly check it out. You know, I like anything that's awful.
5: It's Really great. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry. But, uh, on digital games, uh same same old same old on some, playing Hearthstone of course. played some Rock Band 4 last weekend with oh. my husband, which is our favorite thing to do. Fun. For fun times. To, well, not yes. our favorite thing to do for fun times the other, but you know.
4: Um, can, I, can I steal it? For a My Rock
2: Band 4? Yeah. Uh, maybe. We can talk about that later okay. yeah, and all the yeah, money yeah. that you'll pay me to rent it. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. But I've also been playing two new games. Well, new to me. I've been playing Rains and a normal mm. lost phone. Uh, and they're both really cool. I just started normal lost phone, and I'm trying to figure out how to do more than what's obvious right now. Because the premise is you find a phone. Mm. but. The, the the person whose phone it is is a person who just turned 18 and he's got all these text messages that make it seem like he's missing. So it's mm-hmm. a mystery. It opens up right away. Um, and I've been trying to figure out how to get past what's just obvious and presented to you. Uh, but mm-hmm. I just started. And Reigns is like this Tinder style swipe left, swipe right, rule the world game as a king. It's super fascinating. Lots of weird moral and ethical dilemmas for a very simple game. Oh. and um, man oh and i'm still teaching my students her story we're just about to yeah. wrap up but that's been really fun bianca came to one of my classes i did and tony yeah. covered one of my classes when we were first starting with games so i did <laughs> I yeah was there. so everybody's been there for this yeah it's it it nice mm-hmm. that's
0: that's me that's what i've been doing cool
4: what about you bianca what you been playing darling I have been playing a ton of shit. She's been playing Um, prospectus. I've been playing prospectus. Yes, that is what I have been mostly doing. So I've been... It's not not a (laughs) game. Okay. Yeah. Um, So I've been doing a lot of reading. I got some reading stuff I can talk about for sure. But um, what have I been... Oh, my sister came to town. So we played some uh, Ticket to Ride and drank a lot of wine. And Kina got really stressed out playing that game. And I, <laughs> which was great for me as an older sister to see that happen. Um, and I think my favorite part was when she was like halfway through, she was like, wait, I have to get more train lines? My scope of strategization so small (laughs) and then i poured her more wine and then more anxiety ensued and it was great so um yes i love my sister shout out to kina for being the best um yep uh that's uh, i'm i and again i'm teaching some board games right now and as far i guess as far as my experience with games right now it's about like teaching them so i started off with like zork and we're doing some stuff with more like yeah, hypertext yeah. twine style games right now. We oh, uh, Alicia inspired me to have them look at like the trolley problem kind of stuff oh, too, yeah. um, because I know she did that. And we are. I will also be teaching her story later on this semester. So uh, Biona and
2: I are both. We're just like the same person, except she's little and I'm big.
4: Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. Also, yep.
2: she can sing and. Mm -mm.
4: well you can do lots of other things that i can't do (laughs) you know so what's that movie it's like
3: you're good looking i'm not attractive you're very smart i'm stupid i'm pretty sure that's like a movie
4: alicia is a beautiful writer like a much better writer than i am though so no you are you are I just talk about how beautiful of a writer you are all the time. Shh, so you get gonna, back to what you're playing, please. I'm going to stop talking about Alicia now. Like, Why the fuck am I talking about Alicia? I'm supposed to talk about myself right now. Fuck off, Alicia. No, I'm sorry. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, I'm not really playing that much. I'm playing a little Dishonored, but that's about, that's about it. Anyway, yeah. the end. Okay. Back to you, Sam.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait, What do you think of Dishonored?
4: Oh, I think it is interesting, and I'm really bad at it, uh, mostly. <laughs> Like I was, But it's really it. fun to watch you play. Yeah, like I got stuck in that tree for like <laughs> ever. And then it was just, I die and then I was back in the tree and then I die and then I was back in the tree and then I die. And it was just a horrible like Prometheus situation. I don't know what was happening to me, but I like it. I think it's really interesting that you hold your mom's heart in your hand to find all of the mystical right. stuff. And that's something yep. that I want to unpack a little bit further, I think.
2: I mean, in the first yep. game, it mean, so. was your lover's heart, and now heart it's your mom's heart, so mom's. it's just weird. Mm-hmm. It's very
4: difficult. Yeah. I'm wondering how that speaks to like my discussion of fathers as like guides and mentors, and now like in this game, you're literally holding your mom's heart in your hand, and she is guiding you. You've got the whole heart. In your hand. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Okay. So that's the thing I've been thinking about with that game. A lot mm. for some reason. I don't know. Heart stuff. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm going to drink my vodka. I was sorry. so
2: waiting for Tony to say butt stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> would I? Yeah. I would not be so lewd, Alicia. Oh,
2: that's right. I'm sorry. That's oh, a different Tony shoot, Bushner that I know.
3: I got a butts pin I meant to wear tonight. Oh. oh. It has a Tina Belcher on it.
1: Yes. As oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Tina Belcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Keena Belcher is your
2: Patronus, Tony.
1: She really is. I know.
3: All All
2: right, (laughs) y'all. Sorry, Sam. Sam's trying to wrangle us back on track. He's gone off the rails. I'm about to wrangle
0: you all back on track. Back to you, Sam. I'll be here until like one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell what I've been playing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So on the, on the board game front, I've been playing a lot of stuff that we've been using for homeschooling as well. Um, Sushi Go, (laughs) which is like one of the kids' favorite games because... It's got cute sushi! um, Yeah. It is cute sushi. And I am still convinced that Sushi Go is the reason that that your kid now likes sushi. Um, (laughs) um, I think uh, Oregon Trail, uh, which Alex was talking about earlier, um, we've been playing Oregon Trail because it's a whole lot of fun. And I like Oregon Trail, Uh, but I think, or the reason that a lot of people don't like it, and folks can correct me if I'm wrong, um, is because it, like the original game, was meant for little kids. Um, so it plays more like a kid's game, and I think a lot of folks had an expectation that it was going to be a grown-up game. Mm. Um. Because, like, when I've talked to folks and they're like, I like it, but... And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like the the actual computer game was mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, so, but, yeah, we've been playing Oregon Trail. Um, we've also been playing Bananagrams. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been playing Bananagrams, which I love. It's fun because it gets to be... A, a, um, a bit more non-competitive especially mm-hmm. when we're working with kids who are on um different reading levels mm. so they don't have to compete against one another necessarily in terms of working on the same board but they each have their own board to work on yeah yeah so that's been that's been fun um and then i blame alicia for this because i had it on my phone And I've been playing it on my phone and then Alicia asked me like two weeks ago, she was like, so do you have the board game version of uh, Splendor? And I was like, no, Mm. I only have the digital version on my phone because every time I try to go buy the board game version, it was sold out. Mm. But uh, I scored a board game version of Splendor Mm -hmm. finally. Um, So there will be Splendor in our homeschooling future. (laughs) It's, it's good, it'll work, we'll work it They in. just it'll added
1: happen. online play to the Splendor app From what I heard I haven't been on it in a while But Yeah, I
2: haven't either But
1: One of my friends just told me that they, they added online play I'm very excited about that
2: I had to reinstall my copy And I had unlocked tons of challenges And I was really proud of myself And then I had to reinstall and the shit's all gone So now I'm boycotting my app
0: <laughs> But if there's online play There's reason not to boycott it No, I want my app to just understand saying. That it did something really, really wrong
2: I'm. It, I have my fingers
1: can. crossed for asynchronous online play. That is my jam for 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 digital board games. Is asynchronous yeah. play? I, yeah. I, I love that so much.
0: Because you can play like fifty-seven games then. Yes. All at the same yes. Time. Exactly. Yeah. I'm. I'm with you on that. I love asynchronous playing board games on your phone. um In terms of digital games. Um, I've been playing I started playing Fire Emblem Heroes. Is anybody else playing that? Patrick
1: oh. just showed me that. It looks incredible.
0: It looks really it great. It is amazing. Yeah. The even the voice acting is good. For I mean it's it's pretty amazing. Um and I have to admit I was one of those people who uh rerolled like a bunch of times to get uh good heroes at the start. Mm-hmm. Um but uh you can also just like buy, buy or Summon uh, some five-star heroes if you're real lucky. So I'm really digging it. Um, It plays a lot like regular old Fire Emblem. And it's on your phone. And it's actually free. Um, So, yeah. And I haven't spent not one dime yet. But I will because when a game is good and I appreciate it and I put some real time into it, I feel like I should pay something for it. So I'll buy um, orbs at some point to summon more heroes, but I have not had to spend any money on it yet, um, and I'm having a great time playing it. So it is actually a free to play, not a pay to win kind of game. Um, I started playing Dragon Quest VIII um, on the 3DS, uh, which has been a lot of fun. I miss the old, like the old Dragon Quest. Games I haven't played a good one in a while. I bought Dragon Quest Seven like right before Christmas, and then I like started to play it, and I was like, "Really, I don't want to play this. I want to play Dragon Quest Eight because I knew Eight was coming." I was like, "So I'm going to hold off until after I play Eight. Maybe I'll go back to Seven at that point." Um, I'm trying to go fast because we've been talking about games for a while. <laughs> um, I picked up I picked up Candleman. Um, which is a puzzle based game on, I I know well I'm playing it on Xbox One uh, but it uses light and shadows uh, to uh, solve puzzles and the interesting thing is you walk around as Candleman but you can only light your candle for 10 seconds total on each level so you have to be real selective about where you use your light to solve Mm -hmm. puzzles and see where you're going Um, that one's been a lot of fun I played the first couple of chapters and I think the each chapter has like five or six levels um and and uh, and I'm still enjoying it a lot and Alicia warned me when we were talking about this on the last podcast when I'm like I think I'm gonna buy this game she's like you're gonna hate it you always buy those games and you hate them um and I don't hate it yet but I can say I can see myself not finishing it because there's not enough diversity in the puzzles themselves to keep me going for like, you know, 50 odd levels. Mm -hmm. So I will say that much. Um, And then uh, the other new thing that I'm playing, I don't know how this happened. I swear to God, I don't know how this happened. I'm playing Poochie and Yoshi's woolly world (laughs) on the 3DS. So beautiful. That game is great. It's, it, it is, but see, I'm not usually the one to play the cutesy little games. I, I will play the cutesy games with my kid, mm-hmm. but I'm not usually one to say, I'm going to pick up Poochie and Yoshi's Willy World for myself. Um, but I did this time. You played in,
3: the piñata game. Come on. Viva piñata.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's your favorite game ever, piñata sex. Um, and it is such a solid platformer. It is a solid platformer. It is a s it is a solid platformer and I'm really love it. And then of course it came I got the one with that came with the little Poochie amiibo oh, because it's so you know cute.
1: It's so cute.
0: It is. A yarn amiibo of a little dog named Poochie. Um so I'm enjoying that and I'll talk more about that at another time. And then uh last but definitely not least, uh old standards that I'm playing that I'm just gonna run down because, you know, run down is Pokemon Moon. And because I was reading page proofs um, for an article that I got coming out and playing this game with both my games course and my minority rhetoric course. I started playing Mafia three again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm playing. What about reading? Anybody reading anything interesting? So Tony, many things.
4: So many things. All the things. No, Tony um. first. Tony first.
1: I'm I'm slowly making my way through Andy Clark's new book, uh, Surfing Uncertainty. Ooh, um, how is that? It's really good. It's really good. And like I said, it's it's I'm slowly moving through it. It's cause it's it's um I don't have a lot of time for, for fun reading and this is this is fun reading for me. Um mm-hmm. but I'm I'm really uh interested in how uh, our brains are you know we're pattern seeking and prediction machines um, and what what got me really interested in reading this was um, watching the the alpha games last this about this time last year maybe a little bit um, a little bit farther ahead last year uh, and and learning about how this artificial tel- intelligence is able to predict what moves to make right what moves are going to be the best moves to to give it the best chance of winning um and Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to read it through that lens of okay so our brains are are making predictions in these ways um how are these these artificial minds doing that too um so it's it's a it's a wonderful book it's it's uh i highly recommend it
2: I really liked the one that we read uh, before supersizing the mind, so yes,
1: and that's might, yeah his, that that book got me I'm just like, okay, if if Andy Clark wrote it, I'm gonna check it out.
2: I might mm-hmm. need to slide over and borrow
0: that from you when you're done, oh yeah <laughs> cool. cool, what cool. about you, Alex
3: um, let's see uh. Oh, you know what? I did just get a new interesting book from the library, uh, uh, Death by Video Games. Oh, Has anybody yeah. seen that?
0: I was reading that, yeah. So
3: it starts with the story of, uh, I, I've only read a little bit of it, but uh, it starts with the story of a, I think a guy from Japan who died... Because they say because he was so obsessed with video games, addicted to video games, whatever. I think it was a it was several years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. it seems like it's going to be a negative portrayal of video game addiction, and it certainly is not. Um, at least from what I've read yeah. so far, it's very um, just sort of looking at games as a phenomenon, and but mostly focused on how like Small's is down here, scratching at a pillow, trying to find a little place to lay. I'll show you guys in one second. Uh, but I, I thought it was, I got it cause I was walking into the public library cause I'm really obsessed with Minnesota and Wisconsin murder mysteries right now. Hmm. And so I went into the library to find books about that because that's like, what's keeping me sane is reading those for some reason. And, uh, and this book was front and center in the library, death by video games. So I picked that yep. up, but it is, uh, much, much better than I thought. And, uh, really interesting. So that's the only really video game related thing. Um, so there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a pupper!
3: I'm guessing you can, from the uh, from the ooze and the ahs, you can see her pretty well down there. Oh, she's like the mother, I didn't do anything. She's like oh. she's like a queen, like laying on the cushion. Uh, but otherwise, a lot of really great murder mysteries I've been reading. So nothing. Oh. Cool. So
0: you're gonna have to tell me what you think about Death by Video Game um, after you finished it. Okay. Uh, cause I started reading it and I got a little less than halfway through it and I just couldn't anymore. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm in like my
3: second year of teaching the video game courses. So I'm sticking with the, with the sort of standards, you know, the Nakamura and Mm Poludens and, uh, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, culture design culture one after it was called, but um, so I'm kind of rereading the main some of the mainstays, uh, so I don't have too much interesting to report, but uh, but I'll let you know what I think of that one. I I was interested in that; it didn't come up on my radar at all. So at first I thought, great, another mm-hmm. sort of you know non-expert saying that video games will kill you. But so far I've been pleasantly surprised. But I may, as you say, revise my opinion partway through.
0: <laughs> okay, Alicia. What about you, darling?
2: Um, so several weeks ago, I indicated that I was reading that book that I stole from you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow, when the war began, which was the first in a series of seven, an Australian YA series. I read all of those. Now I'm on the first book of the the series after the series. It's not as good. Pretty sure he was just like somebody gave me a big pile of money to write this, so I'm going to write a thing. Um, that happens. And then I've been, yeah, I've been looking into a bunch of historical fiction. I don't know. I just want I want to read fluffy stuff. I'm I'm taking really heavy classes this semester. I'm reading a lot of like terrible things that make me really angry, and I write lots of nasty margin notes. So. <laughs> Like when I'm not in class or reading for class, I want to read like absolute fluff. Yeah.
3: Have you read um, Uh, the Octavia Butler's *Lilith's
0: Brood*? Yeah. No, I I haven't read that. I
3: just finished it.
0: How have you not read *Lilith's Brood*? What? What? I'm sorry.
3: It is. (laughs) I started it once and then something happened and I never got back to it. Sexy.
4: It's so good. so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, someone
3: mm-hmm. recommended it to me. I think six years ago, I bought it. And it's been on my shelf since then. And on this new quest to like better myself, I read it. Oh yeah. My okay. God, read. I read the beginning oh, of it, but I'll then yeah, I don't remember what happened. What happened. Maybe I
2: moved or something. Oh, yeah, she, I mean, she's amazing. Oh. Um,
3: It'd be so up your alley, Alicia. I know. I I even have a
2: copy of it, and I've just never picked it back up. So I will put that on the top of my list. It'd place,
3: be great for reading if it. you're looking for something to really do distract it. you because it is. It is in
4: its, its own world. Yeah. It's also not just fluffy, it's super important. But sh- uh, uh, uh. It is super important. People find <laughs> a
3: conclusion on
4: their own. Yeah, but see, that's the
2: thing is that I'm always already angry.
5: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, do I. So, what I difference need does a little more anger it? make? That's just oh. all I want to know. I don't know.
0: Anyway.
3: Maybe it's just me. I don't see it as a particularly angering
0: series. Oh, have so have you met Alicia? Everything makes <laughs> me sure. <or> angry.
3: Sure.
0: <laughs> Shut
2: up, y'all! You it's right. so good. It's so good. It's Everybody's funny. been harassing me this week because I'm like
1: angry or something, or don't like things. Yeah. Shut
2: up, Tony. <laughs> what are you reading? <laughs> Bianca
3: You know
2: what's easier than
0: liking things? Not liking things. You're damn right. <laughs> oh, he's okay. I'm done. All right. What about you, Bianca? What you reading, darling? So hurry, many hurry. things.
4: So many things. Apparently, my sister had a dream of me the other day, where she was like in this big library, and then I walked into the library, and, and I you just said, ate "The books." No, and I said, "So many books," and I was like, "That is an accurate depiction of what I would say, For Kina. You, you know me so well." But that is also an accurate depiction of me currently in real life. Look at that transition right there. What? Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, wow. thank you. Okay, mm. so I have been reading a lot on intersectional feminist methodologies and, yeah. yes, and writing processes. Little Gisa you
3: know, curse, Jacqueline Jones
4: Royster. Yeah, some, you know, some light reading, if you will. Um, and I've been writing about that a lot lately uh, in my recent blog post, too. But um, Nina likes I don't know if that's how I don't think I'm I'm pronouncing that correctly but it's L Y K K E I've been reading a couple of books of hers um the first one she wrote Feminist Studies a Guide to Intersectional Theory Methodology and Writing and then a second one which is a volume that she edited called Writing Academic Texts Differently Intersectional Feminist Methodologies and the Playful Art of Writing and those Texts have really been helping me think a lot about how to conceive my own sort of methodologies to implement in feminist game studies, right? Um, And I think that it's super awesome and it's pumping me up. Um, But I'm also reading some fluffy stuff, too. I've been uh, getting into the Expanse series um, so I read Leviathan Wakes Over Break, and I'm on was, Caliban's War I downloaded War right that,
2: now. too. I got that yeah. on my Kindle, but I haven't started it. So I you tell me what the, you
4: think. I've also been watching the show, too. Yeah, I heard that it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it is it is pretty great. Um, and uh, it's really, it, it has sort of a Game of Thrones feel, but then in space. Um, and mm-hmm. it's got some really interesting sort of social commentary going on. I do like the space. Yeah, the space stuff is great. There's a lot of really interesting women characters uh, in it. There's this character, Bobby, who's like Brienne of Tarth, but from Mars, and she's super tough and awesome. Um, And uh, there's a lot of weird political stuff happening and then just weird space stuff, too. Um, But that's been some fun you know space stuff happening i've been reading that like you know half an hour before i go to bed to um that give me weird dreams apparently um but uh yeah that one's really fun i'm enjoying it alex is reading it too so that it gives us some fun stuff I to talk about it. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um so so that's that's most of the stuff i've been reading i'm going to be digging into some more feminist science fiction here in a little bit but that's what's on the docket. Back to you, Sam. Ooh. Sounds cool. <laughs> um, we will well, never can... get to
0: anything. <laughs> I'm going to go quick. I've uh, Two things that I really... Yeah, I am. <laughs> two things that, I'm, uh, that I've been reading. Um, I'm only going to cover two um, because they're interesting. For my uh, games course, they, we're, I'm rereading an anthology um, uh, edited by Tora Mortensen. Uh, dark side of gameplay controversial issues and playful environments mm-hmm. um, yeah which is kind of right up my alley especially since i've been um playing so much and writing about like mafia three but also like my interest in what role kids play in games and why kids you know what what roles kids playing games and why kids in games so that book covers you know Stuff like race, it covers stuff like kids and games. There's a there's an awesome chapter on dishonored. There's lots of cool stuff in mm. that book. Why is it 150
3: um, dollars?
0: Uh, I, you know what? One of my students asked the same thing, and I'm like, I don't know. That's why we're checking it out of the library because we have access to it online. The Kindle is thirty
3: four dollars. Um, yep, crazy. Whoa. Um, Buying
0: but yeah, it. we so the kids have access to it, um, online through our library, so they don't have to pay for it. Oh. Um. It's you know they always do that when like new theory books come out. It's not even new anymore. I think it came out in 2015, right. but they're like four thousand um, dollars. Just because so, they, they they just plan on libraries buying them. Um, yeah, I guess. So yeah, we've been playing that. Well, we've been playing that. We've been reading that, and then I picked up a copy of um the uh to talk about YA lit, right? Um, the Newberry award winner, the girl who drank the moon. Oh yeah. Um, Well, it's beautiful between that and the title and the fact that the girl that she has, um, she has a, a, a little tiny dragon. So she's been raised by a witch, a swamp monster and a little tiny dragon. Um, and the book's called the girl who drank the moon and the artwork is absolutely beautiful on the cover. Uh so I bought it and I did something mm-hmm. I never do. One I bought it hard and one I bought it hardback. Two, it's not it's not a Kindle book, right? 'Cause I have I'm like I can't I don't have room more room in my house for more books. But I wanted I wanted to hold it in my hands because of the cover. So I actually bought it at the bookstore. See, I'm gonna make it short. Nice. And I'll tell you more about the girl who drank the moon on the next podca- mm. on the next podcast. Mm, okay. All right, so here's the important question. What y'all drinking? Quickly,
2: oh, though. So much. <laughs> yeah, no
0: shit. Tony, here's the, here's the quick uh, question. What you drinking? Uh, Moscow Mule.
2: Ooh. You have oh, your that's, right that's your Moscow it, Mule cup, isn't yeah. it? That's your specifically Moscow Mule Tony, cup. Tony, have you been to yep. Minnesota yeah.
5: before?
2: I have.
3: Uh, the Minnesota Mule, uh, if, you, if you haven't had it, you should try it. It's delicious.
1: What is it? What's the difference? Uh,
3: it's a, well, there's two different ways that it's made with craft lime and vodka and a little ginger or it's with craft ginger syrup and vodka oh. and it's very very good
1: that sounds amazing
3: and it, you can drink like two and then you're on the street like peacefully, but it is <laughs> quite good. It's my kind
2: of night <laughs> that sounds like a challenge to drink three <laughs> oh, indeed. it
1: would sound like tony a challenge shall we to go to, to minnesota <laughs> yeah for that just just for that reason
3: the Minnesota All right, let's meal. Go. if you ever come in, actually I had one one time that had a little bit of a uh, what was it uh, rosemary uh, syrup in it oh
1: Ooh. that I know. sounds delightful I know.
3: I'm having wine nothing interesting
1: cool
0: what about you Alicia what are you drinking darling I'm also
2: having wine and as we discussed before we started I have a magnum bottle um, which is now halfway gone.
0: <laughs> Yay! All right, Bianca, what you drinking, darling?
4: Drinking vodka sodas over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got that Kirkland vodka going. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Seriously,
3: Kirkland alcohol though, Budget. It's, it's the jam, the business. They're scotch and whiskey.
4: Oh, really? Okay, oh, gonna yeah. have to it's check that out then. What they do is too. they
3: take expensive booze.
4: And
3: made mm-hmm. a bottle it in Kirkland
4: bottles. Yep. That's how you do it, mm-hmm. right there. So, yeah, I'm on my third vodka soda. And I got another one lined up because oh. this podcast is going long. So, back this to you, be Sam. is
2: like my home girl.
0: <laughs> well, I am going light because, you know what? Somebody's got to edit this podcast after we're done. So, I am drinking... Um, pineapple hard cider. So I am drinking one and have my second one lined up waiting for me. There you go. Is it Ace? Mm -hmm. It is Ace. Wait, wait, wait. You still got Ace?
2: Hold the fuck up. I've been at your house like
0: 800 times the past couple weeks and you're all like, I don't have any more Ace. I didn't have any more Ace. I found some more at Fresh Time.
3: It's this amazing thing where you go to the store and you buy things and then you get them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's (laughs) seasonal. It's not here. So I thought it was but gone. It, it, oh, it, shit, it, really? It was generally, but it's just been popping up lately. And it's not everywhere, but oh, like I'll walk oh, it. Like one day I'll walk into Target and there'll be like three pear ciders and like one pineapple. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. I was at Fresh Time, they had a whole row of pear cider and then like one pineapple. So I think they're just like sticking one pineapple in every case of pear cider. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I grabbed some when I was at Fresh Time. -hmm. Yep. She's like, wait, but I've been at your house and you told me you didn't have any more Everything is awful. Everything is awful. Because I don't have any peanut butter. All right, on that note. So let's talk about some board games, y'all. Well, we've already started talking about board games. Oh, shit. We have a topic? (laughs) We're having a a podcast? (laughs) 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 A podcast and a (laughs) topic. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry, sorry, sorry. Just snorted. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. But
4: that's how so I feel board about board games,
3: games inside, so you just expressed
4: it. So <laughs> sometimes, then
2: you guys, guys, you guys.
3: Let's I'm let not. Tony go on a spiel. Oh, wait, no, no, hang
2: on. Did you know that sometimes there's like a, like a, I don't know what you call it, like a, like a board? And on that board you play games? I don't understand,
3: no. like a motherboard.
2: <laughs> no 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 like a like a like a board with pictures. Like what just a space? <laughs> <laughs> the internet no. Tony Tony, you're you're a a manish person. <laughs> Tell us Indeed. about Thank yeah, you. Explain us. Explain us. Board games. <laughs> explain <laughs> us. Jesus. <laughs> That
1: you gotta you gotta get me a little bit more narrow of a topic than that.
5: Before
3: we yeah. before we start a board games, can we talk about your chair?
4: Sure, What's we can. What's that Oh, that is
3: legit. it is... has like
2: eight hundred cool chairs.
1: So this this is because uh, I spend a lot of time on my computer and my back was hurting from my old chair, and so I just decided that if I was going to be sitting here for approximately the rest of my life, <laughs> I should probably have. A, I should probably take care of my back and my buns, and I should have a decent chair. Yep,
0: that's a good Understood.
3: idea. Mm-hmm. Understood. Okay, Sean. His is that, his chair in his your office
2: dog? at oh. school is like. I don't. It's like a puzzle piece, and you it's have like to like sort a, of slither yeah, into
1: it, it. It's one of those kneeling chairs that's supposed to be good for your posture. Oh, I, have, ah, I, like, I had your one core. of those. I think yeah, I it's uncomfortable. It it's like comfortable and also like severely uncomfortable at the same time. It's weird. Hmm. This is just straight comfortable. I'm just happy with this. But anyway, board. Games. Anyway, board
0: games. Board games. Yes, games you play on a board. It's Tell us a little games. bit about
3: why you think board games are on a what is it 20 to 30 percent increase per year and are and are on pace to outsell video games what is it within the next six years something like that
1: okay so this is this is uh two i think there are two major contributing factors to this um based purely on uh what i think in my brain
3: but you are Um, you are an expert (laughs) and you're a phd student so let's not like downplay your perspective
1: so i think that um first and foremost uh the rise of board games uh has a uh direct correlation with the rise in online gaming um when i was a kid uh I loved video games because it gave me a way to socialize with other people when I had a hard time doing so um, normally right It gave me like common ground and so mm-hmm. at that point, couch multiplayer was how you played multiplayer games if you were a console gamer right? yep. um, and so I think that with the rise of online gaming and it becoming more and more common that if you 're going to play a game multiplayer you 're going to be playing you 're going to be looking at a screen. And maybe you're going to be talking over your headset, but usually you're playing with random people. Or um,
2: if you want to play with your with your loved ones, sometimes you have to have like two systems.
1: Right. And so the thing I love about board games and one of the reasons I think that they are um, increasingly more popular is that it is a social gaming activity mm-hmm. um, that but I get gamers to... are
3: anti-social, right? <laughs> that I think is so
1: untrue. I think that's so untrue. I think that we are perhaps introverted, but not antisocial, right? Um, that like I I I think that the the act of sitting down with somebody and uh, working out a problem on the board, right, and trying to compete with them, but also being able to like s- sit across with them and talk with them and interact with them, mm-hmm. I think that's that's something that. Um, people are missing as online games become more and more popular. So
3: here's a question Mm -hmm. to you quick. Um, psychologists said recently they came up with a study that say, if you're building trust between two individuals, and this was actually in like a business journal, Mm -hmm. um, that the best way to build trust fastest and, and most substantial over any other activity in, in the universe that we know it is to play a game together, whether it's monopoly or whether it's, you know, the Hitler game. Like, whatever. Playing games build trust between two people more than anything else. Why? Why is that? I
1: I think that um, part of it is that even if you're playing a deeply competitive game, right, where you are, you are 100% versus the other player, you still have to have a certain level of trust with them in mm. order to play that game. Mm-hmm. Ha- you have to trust that they're going to follow the rules and yeah. they're not going to try to cheat when you have your back turned, when you're your attention is somewhere else. Right. Um, and so even if something is 100% competitive, it's still a collaborative experience. So I could lose to
3: you and still like you better than if I just had a conversation (laughs) with someone else.
1: I think so. And I think that, that winning at a game also, um, as long as you're, you know, not a sore loser, right. Mm -hmm. If you, if you lose at a game, um, it, it breeds a certain level of, of respect. If someone makes a clever move, Um, something that you don't predict um i don't know that's that's entertaining the, one of the great things about games and this is this is you know board games video games sports is uh the unexpected moments the the moments that are like out of totally out of left field right um and you can bond over how oh my god i that that i, I would never have expected that um mm-hmm. and so there's there's a certain level of of respect gained when playing in in a well-played game right
5: Mm
3: -hmm. so that means someone who's not a spoil sport as he's yeah
1: yeah so you know and that can go both ways right so like someone who uh you know you don't want to be the person who who can't handle losing and flips the table right but you also don't want to be the person who can't handle winning who gloats over their victory right (laughs) um neither of these things are gonna uh uh, endear you to your opponent in -hmm. any way
3: so why um, do you
1: love them so much? I love them for the the social uh the social experience i uh when i I just started getting into board games uh when i uh started attending undergrad um and I, I didn't attend undergrad you know like super far away from home it was like a half hour drive from home but I was still outside of my normal social circle right and trying to make friends and i joined a board game group because i'm like well i i I, i'm starting to get into board games this gives me a chance to learn some new stuff and that was how i made 90 percent of my friends was playing games with them and you know talking through uh you know what we enjoy what we didn't enjoy talking through strategy it was a great way to bond with other people Mm -hmm. i really i really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. um the second reason I think that board games are uh rising in uh popularity is that um kickstarter i think and other yeah. crowdfunding platforms had a huge huge impact i mean we were already was seeing it huge a ma- it was huge bigly <laughs> bigly impact oh no, um, <laughs> no. we My were fault. already seeing a renaissance in games in the yeah the, you know as early as like mm-hmm. the, the early 2000s right mm-hmm. um but i think that what really made this take off was the fact that um you know, with Kickstarter and other crowdfunding platforms, you don't have to have connections with with big publishers in order to get a game produced. Um, you don't have to convince someone who's holding, you know, one entity who's holding the purse strings to make your game if you have a great idea. Um, you can put it out there and make a case for it and get enough people interested in it to fund it. And I think one of the reasons that we're seeing board games on kickstarter are continuing to rise video games are crashing yep. um i think one mm-hmm. of the big reasons for that is because when you come to kickstarter with a board game you are likely coming with a prototype that's already built you've got you know 80 90 percent of the game already completed the hurdle the funding hurdle is in Production. getting the game yeah produced right is, is in getting it manufactured and shipped Uh, Whereas with video games, you're coming maybe with a really great idea Um, and maybe just like a a brief prototype, but you're asking for funds to continue creating this game. There's a lot more risk involved with that. And I think people have been burned uh, more with video games than they have with with board games. Um, So I think that, you know, those are the two biggest factors while we're seeing such a huge, huge uptake in uh, the popularity of board games.
3: Well, I have a feeling to say, to say about that. I feel like I've been talking
0: too
2: much. So, <laughs> anyone else? Well, I, uh, I did have a question for you, Tony. Sure. Um, I guess it's not really a question um, mm-hmm. because I already know the answer. <laughs> it's a question on behalf of our listeners. Mm-hmm. So, uh, beyond, Bianca, I started to call you Bianca. It's okay. You know, <laughs> just our fine, inside, huh? It's fine. our inside name. Um, her secret name is Biana. Um <laughs> Bianca was talking earlier about teaching board games right now in the class. Yeah. I've taught board games. You've taught board yeah. games. We've taught board game design. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're working on some really cool pedagogical projects around that. And yeah. that's really one of your big interests is how board games, really well-designed board games, can help us learn. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know if you had anything you wanted to say about that or if you had a conversation you wanted to start or – So many things. Um... I where guess. You, where do you want to go today? <laughs> do it, so do it, I think do one it. of the things that oh.
1: I like best about and I started doing this in in English 106, and I'm currently designing a full course around this idea um, about using games as a uh, kind of Trojan horse for uh, t- teaching and practicing good document design,
5: Ooh. right? Um, because
1: board games, uh, unlike any other kind of game. Uh, you know, the the game engine is contained in this book and you have to read it and then the game engine's in your head, right? And so, um I come from a a, a trading card game background. I started playing trading card games uh yep. when I was in like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that especially um the core rules have to be extremely consistent. Your wording has to be one hundred percent consistent in order uh for those games to function correctly because a lot of of trading card games, your strategy is based on um, rule lawyering to an extent, mm-hmm. right? Um, where you know the uh, ability for you to, you know, one of the one of the big markers of if you're going to have a leg up on your opponent is if you understand the rule set better than them, because oh. you understand then the, the moves that are available to you and when you can interrupt and do something. Right.
3: I, I forget what the theorist is, but he said the. The uh, the shirt the way to win any game is to learn the rules.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. because then you know what your options are, right? You can mm-hmm. win anything. Um, mm-hmm. So So I like... Oh I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, I I was just gonna say the uh that that makes teaching You know, document design and manual design. Mm -hmm. um, A, it makes it fun, right? They get to make they get to make something that's entertaining, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also really hammers home the fact that like this is your only contact with your players, right? You have, in order for your game engine to work, you need to be able to tell your players exactly how to play. There needs to be no uh, vagueness in the rules. You have to. Really try to anticipate uh, all possible um, scenarios yes. and make sure that your rules are accounting the for the ultimate them so that user
3: experience design.
1: It is. It really is. And I think that, you know, it, it, I, I think of it as a Trojan horse because, you know, we're making a game, it's something fun. But this is a <laughs> hardcore, like, <laughs> this is a difficult task that I'm asking of my mm-hmm. students to make a game manual yeah. that is functional right yeah um and that's what i love about it is it's it's a huge challenge and it's fun um so
0: yeah so i have a question and and this is this is uh of course card game based and and i'm really interested in card games too because my my kid is now getting to the point that she is she wants to play pokemon the card game the tcg yeah so oh um, yeah that's it's, it's where it starts. That's where start it starts.
1: It's, <laughs> it's, slowly, slow. killing it's me. A slowly killing It's a gateway TCG. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but I've been really interested lately in the 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 fact that a lot of the the digital games that we're getting now, mm-hmm. uh, their mechanics are based on board games Ooh. or TCGs, more specifically, right? so you have all of these games that are coming out. It's like, basically they're digital TCGs. Um, What is it about TCGs that lends themselves so, so well one to being digitized and, and what is it about TCGs that is making folks in the digital realm kind of jump, jump the ship and, you know, for lack of a better phrase, it's like, Oh, we can do all these cool things. With digital games but you know what we're gonna make these digital tcgs instead um, or even if they're not specifically digital tcgs the mechanics of larger games are still tcg based does that make sense yeah
2: yeah I, well hang on tony yeah, I, I don't yeah, want to step on our guest no, no, because no. you're our guest but no, i do go, want please. to say that this is something i've been thinking about a lot since i started playing oh. hearthstone which is oh, tony's fault <laughs> yes. um Partially Tony's fault, One also partially us. my husband's fault. One of us. Yeah. <laughs> but like Tony, I started with card games. Like I, I was a Magic player. I was a competitive Magic player for a long time. I had friends who played on the pro tour. Like it was serious shit mm-hmm. in, in my circle. Um, but it's been a few years. And when I started playing Hearthstone, I started thinking about that very question, right? Like w- because I was pissed at first because we couldn't trade, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Boy, I wish we could trade. Um, but then thinking about like, okay, so sure, you're still going to spend some money on Hearthstone, but it's still so much more accessible than yeah. so many other CCGs. You know, you can spend like a, a micro fraction of what you would spend to even become a viable magic but player. But that's the
3: biggest problem with Hearthstone in on the interior, right, is they feel anger from... The competitive top level legendary, no offense, players with the the sort of everyday players, and they're trying to balance that out. And they have chosen to make the game competitive if you don't spend a ton of money, and that has pissed a ton of people off. Right? I mean, there's a big, a big faction of people who are boycotting and hate Hearthstone right now because they, of the, it ain't the exact hurting them, though. Talking about.
1: They they can make neither party happy because they when they party. try when, when they <laughs> when they try to make fun cards uh, that are are, are interesting um, you know they they tried that with adding a lot of randomness right Ooh. and that made the that made the competitive players super angry because it's just like okay this tournament for thousands of dollars is decided on a coin flip
5: yay yeah. fun and, and my, competitive and my <laughs> feeling
3: would be to be like here's here we go. I don't care about you, but when you're looking at esports and the multi-billion-dollar enterprise that has become, like as much as I don't care and I think it's a biased racket anyway, I can like that's that's what companies care about a lot. So I don't know how Hearthstone's doing it right now with the controversy that they have because everybody hates them because of what they're doing.
1: they're really stuck between a rock and a hard place uh yeah trying to make everybody happy because yeah they they, and and one of the things that i think is is a huge design flaw for hearthstone is that the only way that you can limit a card to one per deck instead of the normal two per deck is if it's legendary right right? and that makes it
2: harder to get
1: that means that like a, a card like patches which has been uh, patches the pirate <laughs> which has been extremely kind of divisive in in the the Hearthstone community is that you know so this card is like pretty powerful because it like comes out of your deck you know 9 times out of 10 when you're playing this card it's coming straight from your deck into play and you can just use it right away and yeah we we wouldn't want it to be any rarity lower because having two of them in your deck would be broken af right yeah but but this card is in literally every competitive aggressive or mid-range deck because it thins your deck it gives you something it gives you two things on the board turn 1 for the price of one it can attack right away like it's amazingly good but it's legendary which means that you know any of the casual players unless they get really lucky and they pull it they're not getting this card right right um so i think that's a huge design flaw that uh, uh you know
3: but is it a flaw or is it just Like you said, a rock in a hard place. Like, what do you? You either are League of Legends and you cater to your hardcore competitive players, Mm -hmm. or you're a game that's not taken seriously because you make broke as fuck cards constantly, and it's the way it is. I think
1: League of Legends, like
3: a Clash Royale, almost.
1: League of Legends does a a decent decent enough job with with keeping its casual players. Keeping us casual players happy because their ladder system isn't completely messed up the way Hearthstone's is. <laughs> Hearthstone's, com- Hearthstone's competitive ladder is is awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. They're, they're, now they're making improvements. They're making improvements. They're they're adding um levels where you can't. You know, if you lose so many games, you know, at some point you get to level fifteen. You can't go back past level 15 again you you can only move forward from there you know you get to level 10 you can't go back you can only move forward from there i think that's a good first step Mm -hmm. but the 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 problem with a a competitive ladder that resets every month is that at the beginning of the month if i'm a casual player i'm not fucking touching this game because Mm -mm. all these legendary players who are starting at level you know 17 or whatever um if I'm at level 17, I don't want to play against them because they've got a million legendaries in their deck. I'm sitting here with like maybe a couple epics and a rare in my deck. Like I I'm it's just not fun. And then even okay, if you are so, playing the
3: meta, you can Even
1: compete. if I'm playing the meta, I can't yeah. compete. And and so it's like okay, well maybe I'll play casual for a while. Well, casual is the place where top tier players go to try out their new decks and to grind their quests. And so, you know, even if I'm like, I'm going to just screw around and have fun and casual. Nope, I just got destroyed by like a top tier meta deck. Well, okay, where do I play this game now? Like, what do I do as a casual player?
2: Yeah, and and like somebody like me who even if I put, because I don't have a ton of time to put into it, and I don't have a huge stable of cards like Tony does. um, I'm like a good solid mid-range player. In a good month, I might make it to 14. Right? But I don't try that hard. Uh, so the beginning of the month for me is like a fucking nightmare. I don't even want to play until like day 10. Yeah, right. cause because all
3: of the legendaries have made it down by then. Right. Or, right. or
2: if, I, if I didn't play that much the month before and, or didn't do that well or whatever, then I'm like at 22, 21, and it's just a shit show up there. You have no idea what anybody's going to come out with. Right. There, and you're, maybe you're trying to play the meta, or maybe you have a really good deck, but it's not... What's a really good deck at like... 10, 11, 9 is not a really good deck necessarily at 22, 21, 20.
1: Well, a good meta deck is tuned to the rest of the meta. Exactly. Like if you're playing in the, of, like, fucked up bizarre world of 25 to 20, it's like, well, I'm not tuned to what you guys are playing because you're playing this, like, random assortment of crap, right? It's just like, there's... I, and and as... Uh, I, I've hit Legend twice. I consider myself a, like, semi-competitive in how I play Hearthstone. Um... You know, beginning of the month sucks because, you know, either I'm playing like this weird assortment of either like legend players and, you know, regular rank 20 players or like I hit a string of regular, you know, players around that rank and I, I crush them because I've got like a, a meta deck and I know how to play it and it it's not fun because there's no struggle in it. And I just feel bad, like, just get me to the lower ranks so I'm not, like, playing against people that I feel bad playing against them. I just, the ladder system it needs an, an overhaul. The tweak, the tweaks they're making, I think, are going to be helpful, but I, it, it really, it's, it's putting a Band-Aid on a much larger problem. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to board games.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I just realized I never answered your question, Sam. <laughs> I, we went off
0: on this whole thing. That was my fault. I That was completely it. Alicia's fault. And Alicia, you're not allowed to say anything else about Hearthstone for the rest of the podcast. Okay.
2: Oh.
0: I think this,
1: the structure of TCGs are... Uh, they're they're addictive i think i think tcgs are 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 really like they're they're built to be addictive because they're built to get you keep buying packs right that's true so there's a lot about those mechanics that um that that keep players engaged uh the thing that i like about tcgs and that i think is one of the reasons why we see those mechanics kind of filtering into other games is that there's a level of personal expression in a trading card game right like i like if you if you hear magic players talk about I'm a blue player or I'm yep. a red player, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> there are qualities about the different strategies that one can take that are aligned with these different colors in magic yep. that allow you to like express your play style, right? Like I'm a blue black player. Like I love control decks. Yes. I love I'm white. Set right, right. So like, you
0: would be <laughs> of course I would.
1: And I think that 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 level of self-expression which is you know anytime you play a game you are expressing yourself in some way right it's a it's a performance Mm -hmm. but i think that Mm -hmm. that being able to build a strategy uh from the get-go before you even get into the actual playing of the game the crafting of your strategy before you get into that game space where you're playing it um i think is really deeply satisfying from a perspective of, like, self-expression, right? And Mm -hmm. you can't
2: do that with a lot of board games, right? You Mm -hmm. might have a plan or a a preferred strategy, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the minute the pieces start to hit the board, that shit might be gone. Right? You have to start responding a lot more to what your opponents are doing,
1: and so you can't Mm -hmm. go in with that set strategy necessarily all the time.
3: I will take this opportunity to talk a little bit about my exciting new prototype. (laughs) <laughs> of, of Wasteland Alex
2: by Wasteland. Alex Lane
3: so here's the idea behind it which is do you see Surly first of all Seriously.
2: oh proper
3: I've been yelling at him to stay out of here the whole time he's like nervous so here's it's the idea is exactly what you guys have been talking about so what if even if it's not my game I'll give this away for free and I keep saying that because I want this to be a game so bad so, you buy a deck of cards, right? And it's the board game Monopoly slash Magic the Gathering. You put, a car- you put a card down on this, and it's a ice wall. And then someone beats it and takes it over. But you get a card, and you get a... You can't come in here, honey. Come on. It's okay. Aww. I know. He's so nervous. So, you scan in... a a QR code or a serial number, right? And then you have the game in your online deck, and you have it in your physical deck. And you can play... Like, So the biggest problem for me is, I've spent, I don't know, $20, maybe hundreds, on Hearthstone. And probably like $30, hundreds, on... Uh, Clash Royale, and these other kinds of deck-building games, right? Mm-hmm. I love deck-building games. Mm-hmm. And maybe $15, hundreds on Pokemon. But I don't have anything physical. So, like, when my couple buddies I have around here and I get together, we have to sit on our phones. And I think, I hate that. Like, I want to play the physical game, but I'm a little too young. I miss the Magic the Gathering craze. Or I was too stupid, and I missed it. Um, And... On the other hand, I don't want to play Hearthstone when I'm sitting across from my friend because I don't want to stare at my computer and it's too out of date and this and that. So what I want is a a card that I can play like physical and then trade, like you're saying, trading card games. They register the serial number and then like that card comes out of my digital deck and my in-person deck. And you have that mechanic. Why does that not exist? Where you can buy packs... That are digital and in person, and you can register them on your account and then play both ways. Why doesn't that exist right now? That's the only reason I made this, and I'm not, I'm not ideologically connected to it, but I'm ideologically connected to the idea that that needs to exist for my happiness in this world.
1: <laughs> I think that one of the one of the issues a company might run into is how to make a system like that user friendly but also immune to people trying to game it right so like i have this Mm -hmm. physical card and i want and i and i want to use it but then my friend wants to use it too and so is there a way for us to both but if it's a serial number right only one
3: of you can have it registered to your deck at the same time
1: so then if you trade it to somebody let's say you're in a friendly local game store environment and you trade this card to somebody else and they forget to register the number or maybe let's 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 look at this like uh, i'm playing in a league at a friendly local game store and you play this card and then in the middle of the match, you have to go to the bathroom, and so you go to the bathroom. And then I enter you take the a code in. Of the cereal, I take a picture of your card or whatever, right? So, but <clears throat> you
3: can, But that's technology, right? That's like let's. That's a step. That's a step away from like the big picture, right? That's right, but like, I think let's that's say you that's, have a, to say, a, that's a hurdle. Yes, I traded that card, and so like you'd be sitting across from the person and or whatever, saying like you have to hit yes before I pay you or whatever it is. Like the right. technology part of it might be complicated, but. I feel like it
1: can happen. It it can happen. It's just it's a hurdle. It's a hurdle that have to jump over. In my
3: hands, and I want to play people with my Hearthstone cards.
1: And that's one of the things that I I like. I and one of the reasons I kept my Magic cards, even though I'm not I I haven't played for years, is because you know I'm I am i have got them. I'm like, well, I can put together like a cube draft set, right? Like I can Mm -hmm. I can find ways to play this game, even though I'm no longer playing it competitively because I don't have the the money or the time to do so. Um. Yeah, I think that that I would love to see a game that I can play in person and then take that same experience and play it online digitally with other players. Because one Especially of the things because is...
3: you could mess with your deck and be easier. But then when you right. sit across, when you and I sit across from each other at the non-existent GLS, we can play with our decks and be confident about like what's happening.
1: Right, and how and to do it? I would love if Hearthstone had a physical version that I could say, like, okay, here's my deck. Send me a copy of this deck, and I'll pay, you know, $10, 15 for you to send me a copy of these cards, and now I can play them That's with why somebody. That's I wonder if it
3: has to be physical first. Because, like, with Hearthstone, it their would mechanics be completely that... unrealistic.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: And their mechanics of, of win and, and, and almost match. Although to be fair, magic at this point to me is unrealistic in how they resolve damage. You have to have been playing magic for eight years to be able to understand how the nuances of each thing resolves. The, the number of
1: steps involved in literally everything you do in magic is, and it's because of this whole this, the rule lawyering of playing it right. That, yes, that...
3: Oh, see, that's and, what I actually meant. And I've been playing, playing like Hearthstone, so sometimes. I don't mean to like. I mean, he's a rule guy. You've all played games with him, so.
1: And that's the reason why that game will never, ever, ever successfully be ported to digital, is because of that rule set. Yeah,
3: I, it's I... really
2: yeah, it's really hard. Even years ago, like when Apprentice was really big, right? Um, as as kind of a customizable interface, it was really difficult to match the stack.
1: And Magic the Gathering Online, it, it works like as much as a Magic digital port can but it's practice. still not, it's clunky, it's still yep. so clunky.
3: I emailed them, because I wanted to, I have two game nights with my game class through the semester, and I said, hey, what do I do? I want to teach you to play this, it's a great social game, but one, they're like, we'll send you, like, I'm like, is there a good online? And they send me to their online, and they're like, we'll just, we'll send you some decks. Because they know, they're not stupid, like, they know that their deck isn't, their, their right. uh, digital port is not the good thing to bring players into you no one's gonna be hooked by
1: that right right um something like cockatrice which is like a simulator for magic the gathering which you, then you don't have to buy packs or anything you can just build your deck and play it um or something like a tabletop simulator yeah. <clears throat> which i'm sure there's got to be some sort of magic pack for that uh, would be good, and that's actually what I'm planning to do for the the games course that I want to teach is oh my
2: goodness, can we talk about tabletop simulator <laughs> primarily use tabletop
1: simulator because it's a great affordable way to get students access to a number of board games that yes, the interface is a little bit clunky, and yes, you have to understand the rules to play it just like you you know there's no automatic interface the way you know like a dedicated port would be but very cheap and affordable way to give them access to a bunch of games when they Mm -hmm. don't have a library of games to, to, to play with. Right. Um,
3: well, I wonder too about like when I first, I loved board games growing up. It was my jam, mm -hmm. uh, because I never got the PS one or the Nintendo or whatever, because it was my brothers. So I turned to board games and I loved it. It was my jam. Uh, And then it got, like, too difficult and competitive. So board games was my thing. Or uh, video games was my thing then. But then, like, video games got too toxic. So now I'm like, all I can think about is, like, joining these different meetups and this and that for different board games. Do you think that board game, like, interest and and video games, do you think they go like that? Or do you think they're both increasing together or... Do you think they're correlated at all, or is that just me?
2: I cannot imagine joining a group with random people to play board
3: games. Oh, I do! I do it all the time at um, my uh, my local game store, Level Up Games, which is incredible. They have. Um, I used to avoid them because I was scared. Like I'm the girl. I'm this. I'm right. that. And it's not like that anymore. Everyone in there is has some sort of of like perspective on games that they want to be inclusive. And, like, I feel so welcomed. And then I join a frickin' Call of Duty match, which I also enjoy. I know everyone else hates it. I enjoy it. And everyone's, like, throwing racial slurs and homophobic crap the entire time. By,
1: By and large, I have found that I am much more comfortable... Walking into and conversing with and playing with a group of board gamers much more than I would be in walking into a group of random video gamers. Mm. Um, There's something about again the social aspect.
0: Yeah, always. As in, you mean for him or in general? Just for For, him. For For me, it has
3: absolutely not been the case. I'm just curious if you've always been more comfortable with board gamers than video games, because that has not been the case with me.
1: When I played more video games than board games uh I was playing with a large group of relatively close friends so so in that case no here. but but if if you know i if if i 'm a college freshman and i 'm you know if i if i 'm trying to choose like do I try this board game group or do I try this like video game club um i 'm going to choose the board game group because I think that they're going to be more welcoming and inclusive and social than this video game group. And that's not to disparage video game groups, video game players. It's just that board gaming is a preeminently social activity. And so it's those in,
3: it's intimidating to walk into a group and and I and like I have a friend That will do it with me. That will walk into the group, but it's hard. Like if you're the one woman, or you're the Mm -hmm. one minority, or whatever, to like walk into that group and be like, "I'm here to play games." But again, like maybe it's maybe it's my group, like my game store here. That's so.
0: I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's hard to join a a Call of
3: Duty group to me. I just get hate constantly. But yeah, Sam, go ahead.
0: And it might be a it might be an age slash perspective difference because I started playing games online at a time where um shit was as toxic then as it as it is now, but it was shit. more openly toxic. Mm. Right? <laughs> yes. So it was like it was like we all knew that, you know, if women wanted to play games together and not be harassed and not run into shit that We played games together without men in the group, right? So that was why we had groups like Gamer Chicks. Mm. That was why we had all-female clans. That is why we had all of these things, and we simply played games together because we knew... And that was our safe space, right? Mm. So, yes, we sometimes ventured outside of that safe space and played in larger in larger gaming communities, but we always had each other to come back to and say you will never believe the shit I ran into tonight when I tried to Which play is- such, such and such. Mm-hmm. So, right. Just that kind of debriefing thing that we had, but it was that recognition that we were going to get shit.
5: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And that, and trust me, mm-hmm. that is not okay in any way, shape, or form. But I wonder if that is the difference. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we always expected it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we don't have We those didn't expect same groups anything now. different. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? we, don't, well, we don't
3: have groups. I mean, I, certainly I haven't seen supportive groups like that. Like, there's a few big ones. But I mean, I think by, there's,
0: there's, you're right. They're not as, there are lots of them let me say let me start by saying that there are still lots of them they're not as um visible as they used to be because Microsoft, for example shut gamer chicks down gamer chicks was microsoft sanctioned we had we had separate forums on the Microsoft forum that you couldn't even see unless you were a member of the forum
3: but even this like n y m g we don't game together well at least i don't i don't know like it's it's a it's a critical discussion, you know, information right. group, but it's not a. Let's get twenty people together to. play. Yeah, role, very basically. rarely
2: do we do any kind of a. Uh...
3: Actual,
0: yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, you're right. We don't we don't do it as a group. That's true. But you know what? I game with a lot of folks who like friend me on Xbox or what have you, or on Steam. Um, because of NYMG Mm -hmm. and I do game with those folks. I game with a lot of, let me say specifically, I game with a lot of women Mm -hmm. in those circles. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also game with a lot of women in other female podcast circles. Mm. So, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe we need to bring these safe spaces back. me because we've come to a we've come to a point now where shit is super toxic again Mm -hmm. oh yeah um (laughs) and rather than and rather than trying to deny the toxicity maybe we need to say you know what shit is toxic and we need safe spaces again Mm.
2: safe spaces are so against like the white man which by the way (laughs) according to a meme i saw like, white people are the only race it's totally okay to discriminate against. I, and re- like... I realize
3: you're saying that in a very sarcastic tone, but yeah. from the students that I see, um, safe spaces is an automatic turn off for them, because safe spaces is correlated with a lot of negative things. But, th- I th- you know I, what? All, no, you're like, saying students. Non-traditional <laughs> students and things like that, so... They are right. automatically inculcated against the nope. word. I because. see it oh, too. No, you're saying it like sarcastically, but nope. for a lot of people who are who really would be like a supporter of this, are like okay. predetermined to be against that.
2: Yep. Right. But really, here's so, yeah. the problem: sounds- oh, it yeah. is absolutely just a matter of goalposts. Okay. Mm. People don't like it when we talk about privilege. People don't like it when we talk mm. about feminism. People sure. don't like it when we talk oh, about boy. feminism. But mm-hmm. every single one of those things has an actual meaning, a denotation, and then mm-hmm. a connotation that seems to be controlled by and large. But why did you say such outgrowth of the out? Al- i
3: Why did you have to say sp- "safe space" as a joke?
2: Because I'm mimicking alt right assholes <laughs> on the podcast, and I've had eight glasses of wine.
3: <laughs> I just mean, like, even like I feel like even supporters of it, which. Like I'm a huge, oh, yeah. support, especially like, like look at C and W what happens without safe spaces. Like it's yeah. like, I'm a, like I'm a huge proponent of it, but I feel like even people who care about it, make fun of it. Yeah. So who's going to take it seriously?
0: But the only reason I, I make see, fun I, of it I, I got to agree to disagree with you there because I don't think that people who are actual propon- proponents of safe spaces make fun of safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Okay. I make fun of but people Alicia who make fun did. of safe spaces right. but Hang I on. don't make fun of safe spaces I, themselves. I will Alicia I will make fun, 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 of fun of safe of Yeah, I will make no, fun I mean, of safe she was spaces making for this fun reason. of people who make fun of that's safe true. spaces mm-hmm. and not the safe spaces. Well, that's true. I am making fun of the people.
2: But here's why I do that, okay? Is because all of the people who do make fun of safe spaces, like, oh my god, how dare you, you you fragile snowflake, they all rely on safe spaces of their own. Mm-hmm. What the fuck yeah. is Fox News other mm-hmm. than a safe space? Mm-hmm. What's right. the, well, the subreddit The Donald but a safe space? Hey, I'm
3: sorry to be a snowflake, but could I do this for my project? Right. And it's like, when did this be, like, they're so they're, like, ready to be made fun yep. of, you know? So that's why, like, I Kind of knee jerk at anyone like taking this. Oh
2: no, I I'm I'm with like, you. I'm with you. Like
3: dis- disregarding precision against it because like I I mean I see it all the time.
2: Yeah, but. and and it it's
1: important to build, especially for I mean, so board gaming, video gaming, obviously like becoming very much more mainstream. But like one of the ba- I ran a board game club in uh, back in Oshkosh, right back 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 home in Wisconsin. And one of the the main things, one of our main goals was if you come to the Oshkosh Gaming Society, you're welcome, and no one there should ever make you feel unwelcome, no one should ever make you feel uncomfortable, no matter who you are, like, you be you, let your freak flag fly, and enjoy games, right? Because that's what we're here for, we're not here to judge other people, we're here to play games and have so fun. Smart and that made that group such a wonderful place for a lot of really weird people to just like yes. find friends and get community and yeah okay so yeah it was a safe space and and yes we 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 that's what i loved about that group was that it was a place where you could just go and be yourself and people making fun of safe spaces like don't understand how important that is for people who feel marginalized, even if they don't, even if they wouldn't put it in those terms, right? Even if they, they're just your
3: free flag fly is so important. It's it is a good it's, mantra. It really mm. is. And when you're what dealing if
1: your with- free
2: flag is Nazi? Because I ain't here for that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you're not letting other people's freak flags fly so that, that you're out. You're no. Not allowed, right? <laughs> okay. I'm not here for to flags. As long as your freak flag is cool with everyone else's freak flag. Okay. It's it's golden, right?
3: As long as you're putting up your own flag, you're not staring and judging at everybody else. Right. So you just gotta participate in your own freakiness.
1: Right. And that's important for and I think that, you know, uh a lot of the blowback against safe spaces and special snowflakes and all that jazz um, i think it's coming from people who feel marginalized but are 100%. part but they're part of groups that are still relatively in power they they they're white males who are not feeling like they have the power that they that people say they have right and so they mm. make they make fun of these ideas when it's yeah,
3: like that's a good point.
1: <laughs> like
3: they want to buy into it, but they can't,
1: right? Because they're not they're not seeing those they're hmm. they're they're not seeing the the supposed payoff they're getting from their privilege, right?
2: Ooh boy, I could soapbox on this for a while, uh-huh. and I'm going to take a deep breath
3: right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting,
1: and it's and it's sad because they they too would benefit they benefit from safe spaces, and for them to then turn around and make fun of that for other groups that they don't belong to. Like, yes. it's like, dude, rec- recognize, like you're benefiting from this too. I, I don't know. It's, but
2: that's the fundamental problem, right? Is that, and okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to frame this as myself. So I'm not being accusatory. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to dial back to 2010. 2010 when I was applying for MFAs, I was part of the MFA draft on Facebook. It's like this thousand person group. All these people applying for MFAs in creative writing. Huge thing, very competitive, lots of cutthroat, gossipy bullshit. It was terrible. It's very toxic. Don't don't join that. If you're thinking about an MFA out there, don't fucking do that. <laughs> <It's a> bad <laughs> idea. <laughs>
5: um, <it>
2: <laughs> but there, were, there are a lot, of, uh, a lot of universities that have specific, like, diversity scholarships for creative writers, mm-hmm. right? And there was this whole, this, this ongoing, repeated, constant, somebody would bring it up, discussion about whether or not that was, quote-unquote, racist to white people. Oh, Jesus. Right, mm-hmm. like, heaven forbid. Um, and because I was, woo, at the time a white person in Arkansas also applying to these programs that have like a 0.3% acceptance rate and everyone's miserable and terrified and feeling awful about themselves. Um, It became very easy to critique those programs, right? Like, Oh, I can't believe that guy got in there just because he's Chinese. Like, Oh my God. Um, But once I got into a program and there was one person of color in my program for all three Mm -hmm. years, Suddenly, I realized, like, oh, shit. We really do need to make spaces Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." for people. It's so hard to see that when you're on the outside of it. And then when you're in a position to see Mm -hmm. the importance of not just allowing, like, white dudes to run the world. No offense, white dudes, but you guys have a lot of space. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of us. Yeah. There's a lot. And, uh, I don't know, it's just, how how do we take that experience and package it in a way that would be, like, I don't know, friendly on Fox News?
3: I, I, I again, like, I think, I think about my, like, student population, right, where 90% are Hmong, Somalian, uh, from different countries in Africa, uh, mostly female, except for my game classes, right? <laughs> like it is such an interesting dynamic, like our university is is like doing something that I believe in so much, and then there's just a disconnect with games it's mm. It's very interesting, although i mean there's there's like my, my game classes are are incredibly diverse um but I hear these things parroted down from like a like a me uh, whatever bitch. Candelo, uh, my I was thinking like Milo, Micah, oh, like okay. Mila, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the Gamergate guy.
2: Oh, that guy. Because I don't care, Milo. Yeah, but
3: I but I hear his rhetoric like parroted down. Yep. All so can the I time. ask a question?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, in, but I'm I'm really interested in this, and because. There's something similar, I think, going on everywhere. And mm-hmm. I wonder, and I've been trying to figure out if it is something that is specific to the games community
5: mm-hmm.
0: or if it also has something to do with the majors that they're in. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think that a lot of and and this it, this may be different at your institution, but a lot of the kids that I get in my games classes are coming from um, STEM backgrounds. Mm hmm. So right. I would and say And we know the problem that women in these in these STEM departments as faculty have had as women. Yes. Uh huh. Yep. And yep. I'm wondering if what they're parroting is not 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 at all, but not only what they see in the games community, but also what they're getting in their departments. Yep.
3: So yeah. I would say the, the opposite is true in my experience. So I have a few screenwriting students all white males, the only white students I typically have, are from screenwriting who want to get into games writing.
5: Mm. And they, mm-hmm.
3: parrot, uh, they parrot the safe space stuff, but always say it as a joke. Right. Like, they know the line to toe um, as opposed to the predominantly uh, usually Asian, often Hmong, um, and, and a few uh, Middle Eastern students who more toe of the line, which is probably f- parroting uh, faculty and the games community. So, like, the the few white students I have know the 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 lines people typically say and make fun of, you know, like... What about
0: cultural background? Know that it's
3: made fun of. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about culturally where they stand in terms of women and feminism. How much of that is coming from there, too, is a big question.
3: Uh, the... The women perspective is zero to zero. I would say if I was going to give it like a, like a alignment there, they are, have no experience and exposure to that.
0: Exposure to, I'm sorry, exposure to what?
3: To thinking about women in games and the things that women or transgender folks might face. So they have, they have no awareness of it typically.
0: Okay. And I I understand. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, but I'm wondering about their perspectives on women and transgender folks in general Mm -hmm. and how much of that is affecting the way that they're thinking about women and transgender folks in games. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. Um, I would say again, the, the white students know the lines and treat it like a joke. And the other ones think there's more importance. Like most of the computer science students, uh think of it as unimportant
0: okay that's what i see at least no no i mean i understand what you're saying i was just i was just trying to figure out cultural breakdown in terms of cultural background and cultural acceptance Mm -hmm. of these things right Mm -hmm. so when you start talking about um students of middle eastern descent or your Hmong students or your students from certain african countries i'm wondering about how how
3: They're sort of inculcated into the situation. Yes, in
0: in terms of in terms of women in general, women in the workplace. um, I don't think
3: women even show up for them, honestly. I think it's primarily race-based, culture-based, experience-based. I I think until they get to these classes, the the situation with women, gamergate, etc. They don't. It doesn't even show up for them, really. As an issue. They just... Mm. Wow. That's just the way it is. Yep.
0: I wish I had a better answer. No, I, I'm just... I was just trying to figure it out. Because I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot, too. Right? Because, of course, you know we, you know what our demographics are like. Of course. But then... But, but, you know, for example, when I offer a games course and it's just like... Games or ethics in games or narratives in games or any of that other stuff. I get kind of a diverse mm-hmm, mix, mm-hmm. but the semester that I offer women in games, mm-hmm. I get fourteen women. Yep, yep. I'm sorry, twelve women and two non two non cis het white men, mm-hmm.
3: which is why, despite my complete opposition to my course, which is video game culture and the Two out of five people said, this is a women in games course and you need to offer it as such. I said, absolutely not. Either Mm -hmm. it's not going to be offered or you're offering it as I presented it because that's the important issues.
4: I mean, well, that's
3: because that's what I teach. And by the end, it's very different. The perspectives are very different, but.
4: Well, I think that's because whenever any sort of feminist pedagogy, feminist praxis, or or any discussion of gender uh, is brought into the classroom, that's always viewed as being peripheral. That's always viewed as being on the outside, right? It's not centralized. I am clapping. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's that's, a cha- that's the challenge, right? That's one that of the like problems we have to deal I with. That was like when I presented
3: my uh, procedural ethics article to Game Studies, and they said, we'll publish it if you call it a feminist perspective of game studies or whatever. <laughs> and I said, no, it's procedural ethics. Mm-hmm. It's about an ethical perspective, not about a feminist perspective. And they said, if you call it a feminist perspective, we'll do it. Otherwise, no. Well, no. <laughs> then <laughs> no. But, but I yeah i don't i just i i think they're so terrified yeah but again this is far off from board games i'm
2: sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes shit goes duh. places it's
0: fucked
2: up you know what turns out it's all about feminism
0: huh, go figure
2: please visit nymg gamer <laughs> <N-Y-M-G-A-mer. laughs> com for more about feminism and games
1: it's about mm-hmm. uh, ethics Fuck and games Fuck you, pedagogies. Tony Bush. It's about ethics and games pedagogy, It is okay? about ethics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes. Yay,
2: team! Okay, <clears throat> so... The time is late. We've been talking for a while. So,
3: Tony I, and Alicia, particularly, because you guys love games, maybe Sam, Bianca, you guys want to do a digital uh, playthrough? <laughs> <laughs> that was an overwhelming yes. I heard. <laughs> I mean, not tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, not tonight. Obviously. Yes. In the future. Indeed. In the future. All right. You so, should,
1: do you do you have do you have tabletop sim? Because you should start putting together some assets for that. And I am thinking the be, same that thing, that would be Tony. Awesome. Tabletop
2: simulator is so good. It's so good. Everybody I was using
3: uh, Unity. That's my new thing. Is every day oh fucking, I'm trying wow to learn a little more in Unity? That's much well, more that fancy than game what I was thinking. Immersion <laughs> program but tabletop sim i'm
2: on it yes if you're listening to this podcast right now and you don't own tabletop simulator you're a sad excuse for a human being <laughs> on sale Damn. literally like sell a kidney it's so good and yes tony says it's so good it's not really me it's all tony so it's... all tony <laughs> fake wow. news if you don't like it wow tony, um,
3: you're such a artist it's you can flip it. the table,
2: but not disrupt the game in Tabletop Simulator, you guys. It's
1: great. I love it because you so can get good. that frustration out and then, okay, now we're back to the game.
2: I flipped so many tables. You, I
1: had to disable <laughs> yeah. it
2: when we played Alicia
1: <laughs> because Alicia just... Just primarily, her it interaction with that was, game is just you know the table
2: Shut up, Tony! <laughs> Stop talking about that me. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Remember how you were my work spouse like five minutes ago in the past? I ate? still am. We
1: we no. make it through the tough times, Alicia. <laughs> we just
2: got divorced. No, um, but can we? No, we. I love Tony forever. Mm-hmm. Can we shift gears just for a moment? Mm. Because the hour is late. Mm. Can we talk about PewDiePie? <laughs> I thought we were going to say can we talk about board games I <laughs> mean this joker. yes but, but if we need to wind up in a moment we can but for just a minute can we segue because I think this is related to what we've been talking about right in terms of culture I mean mm. yeah so PewDiePie right now is crying into a pile of money <laughs> he is crying into a pile of money Wiping his tears, his white tears with a pile white of money tears.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: while lying on a pile of money mm-hmm. because YouTube said you're a bad boy and slapped his hand.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: YouTube, YouTube system.
2: did and, um, and Disney and Disney, mm-hmm. and Disney.
0: motherfucking Disney <laughs> and motherfucking he fucking Disney. You know what?
2: Yeah, yeah, motherfucking indie. And And you know what? To be fair, PewDiePie is a garbage fire of a human being. Mm Mm-hmm. Fact. And uh, I remember, hang on, actually, Tony was there. The first time I heard the name PewDiePie, uh, we were sitting in a classroom on campus. We were in our game room on campus, and somebody was like, oh, well, PewDiePie said this game was good, and I was like, who the fuck? What the fuck? Who the fuck is a PewDiePie? Is that a My Little
1: Pony?
5: I remember, I think it's a My I remember Pony, you right? were
2: sitting there and you were like, PewDiePie is a YouTuber. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about YouTubers. That was in the Halcyon days when I was a naive noob before <laughs> streaming was everywhere. Mm hmm. Um Aww. And, uh, you know, the dog is so cute. Uh, wow, just that like was
3: like to your uh, brilliance? dog. That, no, mean. I'm not
2: brilliant, right? I'm rambling. This was years ago, but in the meantime, 53 million subscribers. And fucking Nazism and anti-Semitism just everywhere. Yep.
4: Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a
0: minute. Here's here's the thing, right? So they're they're like, you know, well, his anti-Semitism is what made us pull our support. That motherfucker been Mm -hmm. anti-Semitic. Motherfucker been a garbage fire Mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So all of a sudden now that the alt right and Nazism. Well, look, I shouldn't say alt right and Nazism because you know what the alt right is not yeah, alt-right. Nazism. Right, <laughs> Nazism. So now that Nazism Nazi-like. has come to the forefront, mm-hmm. his Nazism and anti-Semitism becomes a problem. Yeah. Right, because they don't want to be called on that shit because they see that people are willing to pull their Back. cash. Mm. That is yes. the only thing. Mm-hmm. That is the, the only money. thing that got his support pulled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm.
1: So I was I was watching YouTube videos today, like I do every day. Videos on YouTube. Videos on YouTube, <laughs> and I, is that like games on a so board. One of, the, one of the guys that I've been watching because he's been doing a lot of Nintendo Switch coverage, and I'm literally obsessed with the Nintendo Switch right now.
2: My God, he you is. You and me both.
1: So this so this guy is is making a video about PewDiePie and his his what this, this kerfuffle with YouTube and, and Disney. <laughs> And <laughs> is is making an apology video because he he had criticized PewDiePie and and now new information has come to light and so he's re, re, he's he's rescinding this and I'm like oh, fuck okay and he is saying that it wasn't so bad because the point of those the 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 the, the no. holding up the sign that that you know. Uh, about Hitler and, and Jews, that was it was okay because it was a social experiment to see what people would do for $5. And they, and, the, and they held up that sign for $5 on the internet. And so, why it not was hold a, up
0: a sign that says Black Lives Matter? Then, wh- right,
1: exactly. It's like it, it, it completely missing My the God. fucking point that it's like you don't use the single worst. Tragedy to happen in mm-hmm. several centuries mm-hmm. as a social experiment to see what people will do with five dollars for five dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, uh, so, okay, so maybe he doesn't think we should kill all Jews, but he thinks that that's a punchline. Like, that's not like yeah. it's much better. Yeah, Tony. I, I,
2: right. I <laughs> Tony, my love, my heart, my only. <laughs> Can I just break in here for just a Please second? Please do. Because I'm going to need to climb up on my soapbox for a second mm-hmm. and you guys can like bump, bump, bump. do out it. Out Cut this out for for later use. <laughs> PSA. Rape's not funny. Genocide is not funny. Slavery is not funny. Rape? Mm-hmm. Yep. Rape's not funny. Mm-hmm. Slavery's not funny. Genocide's mm-hmm. not funny. Mm-hmm. Mental illness is not funny. Mm-mm. People's sexuality is not funny. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. People's gender identity is not funny.
5: Mm-mm.
2: There's a whole bunch of shit that's not funny, but you know what? There's a whole bunch of other shit that is actually funny. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you can do so much with that. Mm-hmm. And every time I've read an article about this shit, he gets labeled as a comedian. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that motherfucker mm-hmm. is not funny. He's a mm-hmm. fucking YouTuber. First of not all. a fucking Literally
1: comedian. the number one rule in comedy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you don't. <clears throat> Excuse me. You don't punch down. You mm. Never, never punch down because that Mm-mm. shit ain't funny. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that question, I right? You
3: punch themselves in the face. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: punch yourself. Punch up. Don't punch down because you mm-hmm. can't. Pewdiepie punch it's up.
3: Not-
2: he.
3: This motherfucker is sitting right
1: mm-hmm. now
2: on a pile of money mm-hmm. as we talk. <laughs> He's dressed in money. His underwear is made of money. Money mm-hmm. is cradling his penis but, right now. He's but, just punching you know,
4: down into his money. There are, <laughs> just, there are all of there the are people in the He did. He
2: punched mm-hmm. down into his money, and now what the fuck? Fuck you! There are massively like, out,
1: successful bitch. comedians mm-hmm. who yeah. have, have extremely successful careers. They're 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 not wanting for money and they still manage to always punch up. They don't mm-hmm. punch down. It's not yes. it's not it's not yeah. a factor of how successful you are. There is still That's always true. a way to punch up. And it's lazy. Punching down is lazy and it alienates segments of your audience and you know it's hurtful. It's hurtful to people. Like hurtful. I just comedy should not be about hurting people who are already hurting.
2: And yet, like this not... wasn't new, and he had 53 million subscribers. Can we take a moment
0: and think about that? Yeah.
3: That's 53 million horrible people.
0: Or not only, for, no, let's not say 53. You know what else? And this is most disturbing to me. A lot of those are kids. Yeah. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a
0: good point. Mm-hmm. Right. My son came in one day and said something about PewDiePie, and I
2: was like, "No, mm-hmm. yeah."
3: But what do um, what do most parents know if they're
2: yeah they don't kids? right
0: a, they PewDiePie. don't I don't know yeah
3: it's a good point.
0: Yeah. I mean, because kids, kids, uh, you know, I am a lot more strict and hands on with my kids' media media consumption mm-hmm. than than other folks are. So I know what she's watching. Right, and mm-hmm. I know, and I can go back well, and look at any time at what she's watching, and she knows if it's something she hasn't seen before, she comes and asks, "Can I watch this YouTuber?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I've never seen that person before. Let me watch a couple of their yeah. episodes. Let me look and see my what other people have to say, and then we'll talk about it." Mm-hmm. Right, so we're, we're going to talk about this, right? But there are other people that I have talked to, and they were like, "Yeah, I was like, I walked."